We are live tonight. Uh, welcome to the Joe and Joe Weather Show. Joe Rayo on the left. I'm Joe Chaffee. And it's windy out, Joe. First of all, it poured here all day. Poured. Yep. I haven't seen what the final numbers, the uh, final numbers from MacArthur are at eight o'clock, but I, I, I got to, I got to think we got every bit of at least uh, an inch and a quarter to an inch and a half of rain, maybe even more than that. And now the wind is kicked, uh, kicked up with the extra tropical Zeta uh, moving uh, off the New Jersey coast, and we're every bit of northeast at twenty to thirty here with some higher gusts. And I'm, I'm inland. I, you know, I'm up toward the North Shore, so I. Thinking if it was down closer to the South Shore here on Long Island, uh, uh, the winds must be uh, uh, kicking up pretty good. Not overly windy here, Joe. In fact, what we have out here up, or up here in Putnam Valley right now is a very steady light drizzle. And again, uh, uh, I wouldn't even call it breezy. A little, you know, uh, I was thinking that once Zeta moved off to our south, maybe perhaps as it moved over that lower and middle 60s ocean water, it might actually pump up a little bit and see a little bit more in the way of uh, rain and maybe even a rumble or two or a grumble or two of thunder. Uh, you're getting the uh, gusty and strong winds because you're, of course, down by the water or down by the coast. But inland here, um, not all that much. I mean, just, again, a steady light drizzle, um, a little bit of a breeze, but uh, nothing that we uh, can't handle, thankfully, because uh, the last thing I want right now is uh, to lose power. By the way, about a half an hour ago, our lights flickered, not once, not twice, but three times. And Renata and I looked at each other and said, uh-oh, here we go. But keep your fingers crossed, knock on wood. Everything will be fine from, from here on, we hope. All right. Um, we've got uh, some snow in the forecast, uh, thanks to uh, low number two that's going to be developing uh, right about the same spot that Zeta was uh, was an hour or so ago off the Delaware, South Jersey coast, and it's going to follow right behind it. Uh, cold air coming in, a widespread freeze tomorrow night as we uh, kick off the weekend. We're going to look at that, the long range, and of course, first things first, what's going to happen for the rest of tonight and tomorrow. We'll take a look at the tropics. This is uh, another system that might be getting ready. We'll see, or at least uh, might be in the next five days. Uh, our uh, Joe and Joe weather show is uh, brought to you by the wonderful folks at Omni True Value uh, Hardware uh, in, uh, in West Babylon, Long Island's largest rock salt provider. They've got rock salt, straight salt bag, geomelt, biomelt, mulch. Uh, when the, it's not uh, winter time, you can go there to get your uh, gardening uh, stuff, mulch, recycling, topsoil, gravel, and more. No matter what the size of your fleet or whether it's just you, you need winter weather equipment, Omni True Value Hardware will meet your needs. Serving the Long Island and New York City area, 1226 North Wellwood Avenue, West Babylon, New York, 631-756-1125, or go to the website, omnitruevalue.com. And uh, Mr. Rayo, as we uh, get things going, uh, looking at winter weather advisories, they're not up uh, for much of the area uh, that, uh, well, where you reside or where I reside, but the northern half of Connecticut is in it, and I thought that that was close enough. And uh, they've got winter weather advisories there. Most of the state of Massachusetts, uh, southern, uh, southern and southwestern New Hampshire, and much of uh, southern and central Vermont. 
No advisories are up on the New York State side, at, at, at least uh, not yet, and, and they may not need them. Um, I'm thinking, I was thinking on the order that this was where in the coldest spots and some elevation, uh, elevated areas where it could be a coating to maybe a couple of slushy inches, and I'm still thinking along those lines. I don't see, other than some wet snowflakes maybe mixing in south of Route 84 down to about North Jersey, New York City, maybe to Long Island. I could see a couple of wet snowflakes in the mix, but that'll be about it. And it makes you wonder, Joe, whether or not this particular date on the calendar, is October cursed. 29th, uh, is cursed yeah. weather-wise for, for us. I mean, it has been an, an infamous day so far as uh, stormy weather here in the tri-state area is concerned. 2011, I remember 2011, 14 inches of heavy wet snow falling on my property here in uh, Putnam County. Uh, it was also uh, snowy down to New York. 2.9 inches of snow, wet snow that accumulated in Central Park, the most ever to fall in the month of October. And right across the river, Newark, New Jersey, 5.2 inches of snow fell. And of course, a foot buried uh, northern New Jersey and portions of the Hudson Valley in Connecticut, western Massachusetts. Then just one year later, on the same day in 2012, unbelievably, an even more devastating storm that, of course, was Superstorm Sandy. It struck uh, between noon and midnight. We all remember that. And it more than lived up to its hype, although the rain was not really the issue, like Irene in 2011, only, uh, well, actually less than an, an inch fell. It did carry with it 60 to 80 mile per hour winds, record storm surge, uh, wreak havoc on New York uh, transportation and power grid. And not only did the storm surge strike at high tide, but also at a full moon, resulting in right. literally a perfect uh, storm in Stop. terms of flooding never before experienced in Manhattan. I, I, I uh, while you were while you were talking about Sandy, I just had uh, let's let's just take a step back because I do actually I did pull up the surface map for uh, Saturday, October 29th, twenty eleven, uh, which uh, it you would think it was uh, a, a December map. Uh, where you had a uh, a 996 low sitting uh, east of the Delaware coast and south of Montauk, those lovely uh, nor easterly uh, northeasterly uh, isobars over us with a bit of a gradient, and uh, it's a little hard to see. But looking at the temperatures, now this was at five o'clock in the afternoon uh, up right. in upstate New York, New England, everybody in the 30s. So there was some pretty cold. There was some cold air. There was a cold high in southeastern Canada. Uh, we, I, 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 it would take me too long to pull up the upper air features, but suffice to say that uh, it, it did. You did have a more vigorous upper air feature than you do uh, with what we have coming up for late tonight and tomorrow. Uh, so uh, that's the reason why we're probably we're going to see more out of the. We, would, we saw more out of the one from October 29th uh, of 2011 uh, than we are going to see uh, from uh, the one going on uh, uh, for, uh, for tonight. And I'll just go back to 2012 so we can take a look at um, what the uh, day of Sandy. And uh, that's a surface map, Joe. You had a 944. At this point, uh, this was post-tropical. You had a 944 millibar low sitting southeast of Atlantic City. 
I mean, yeah. did you ever in your life think that you ever would have seen something that intense from the standpoint of pressure? Uh, and clearly at this stage, this was a, po a post-tropical cyclone, but uh, it was it is it, it was and is in the record books, and and it's a, it's a gener it was a generational event for this part of um, of the Northeast, and it'll be remembered for a long, long time. Many storms have had perhaps uh, at lower barometric pressure or even stronger winds circulating around the center, but those storms took the classic track. The classic track being from let's say Cape Hatteras or off of Cape Hatteras up to past Cape Cod. This storm took a turn, thanks to a. Yeah, I'm, roll, I'm rolling it back so you so you you can see it. Now go ahead. Um, I'm well, gonna, that, I'm thanks, to, move thanks, it. thanks to an unusual, uh, uh, very strongly negative NAO, which yes. helped to drive the, drive that storm uh, inland across South and Central Jersey, off to the south of New York, and we got those very strong winds from a totally different direction. No, normally, we get the winds in a in a hurricane from, let's say, the northeast. This storm brought the winds in on an east or maybe even an east-southeasterly direction, devastating the south shore of Long Island, destroying uh, much of uh, uh, Jones Beach. Uh, the Jones Beach Theater had to be uh, fixed up in the aftermath of the storm, uh, causing all kinds of problems at Rye and Rye Playland in Westchester County, southern Westchester. This was an amazing system. We often refer to it uh, not so much because it was the strongest we've ever seen, but just because of the path, Superstorm Sandy. And now, Joe, since you're playing around with the maps, do you remember five years later in 2017, you and I were working at uh, at uh, Bios One News at the time. I don't know if you remember. I, I, I just don't remember this one. but The severe uh, weather event. Uh, on the fifth anniversary of Superstorm Sandy, an intense nor'easter, October 29, 2017, Lashing our area with gusty winds and all day rain that amounted. I, I got the map up. Hang on one second. I, I, I'm just going to let me roll it through. I see it in its formative stages here. Uh, it was a Sunday, uh, low okay, in so central North Carolina. So I also remember a severe weather event in the last uh, five years, sometime in the last five years on October 29th. Well, I remember the our last uh, Halloween the, together last year. We had. Uh, um, flood watches and tornado watches and all kinds of craziness. And it was like, uh, something like 70 or 75 degrees with dew points near 70. On yes, Halloween, it was disgusting. That was disgusting. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, there was a 977. Uh, whoops, I lost it here. Hang on, let me bring it back. Um, the 29th, 2017, you said, right? Correct. All right, so... Searching, forever searching. All right, so there it is. Um, in the Sunday evening, uh, it was uh, sitting off the uh, off the North Carolina coast, and then intensified to a 980 low that came right up into New York Harbor by uh, uh, 11 o'clock that night. I don't on, on the night, uh, eleven, uh, yeah, eleven o'clock on the ninth of the 29th, three Z on the thirtieth. They didn't call, I guess, either one of us in. To Thank God. <laughs> but it was an intense nor'easter. Last the area, gusty winds and all day rain amounting to 3.03 inches at Central Park. More rain that had that had fallen in the past or the previous 60 days, and the biggest rainstorm of the year 
surpassing the rainstorm of May 2nd, 2017, by just one one hundredth of an inch. And yep. somebody else, a friend of mine, Mark Mailhot, who is up in Maine, he threw in uh, one other thing for this date, October 29th. 1963. All right. I don't and, know. Uh, I, I can't go that far back. Okay. Well, he, he mentions that we had Hurricane, well, we didn't, but uh, he mentions that Hurricane Ginny passed into the Gulf of Maine with heavy rain, gusty winds. That was the one, I, I think that was the one that changed it, it. They had heavy snow out of that. Cold air advection yes. on the backside of the circulation dropped over a foot of snow in Maine and the New Hampshire mountains. And he says, how well I remember tracking that storm after the loop, it performed the loop that, and, and that it performed off of the southeast coastline. So that too, on this day, October 29th, but 1963. And, and we uh, were just youngins at that, that time. John Kennedy was still alive. Well, he'd, yeah. he'd, he'd be alive for another 24 days. Uh, right. Um, we, uh, are, are, we're going to bring us back to present time here so let's uh let's uh, see what's going on we're going to see what's going on tonight and uh, we do have uh, winter weather advisories joe Rayo is monitoring the chat board as always and uh, if you've got uh, things to say well say them on the chat board if you got questions uh, leave them there and we'll uh, we will uh, try to address them uh right here on the joe and joe weather show and Adam Lowe on the chat board. Are we looking for trouble? GFS has another hurricane in the Gulf a week from Sunday. Right. No, we, <laughs> I did. I did see that before we went on the air. We'll and, and we'll get to that. Patience, okay. everybody. So w- right. winter weather advisories up, uh, as we said, for the northern Connecticut, Massachusetts, into southern New Hampshire and southern and central Vermont. Uh, the um, uh, the next low is getting underway, and uh, as uh, we look at the satellite loop, Joe. Uh, it's hard now to tell if it wasn't, we've just gone to the enhanced, the actual circulation, I mean, you kind of look at this and you would think that it's with all those white, bright white clouds that are already out south and east of Cape Cod. But in reality, when we look at the surface, I'll bring up the surface map, uh, it's actually still back closer to the coast. It's, it's sort of uh, getting stretched out. So it really, it, it is extra tropical now. It is no, uh, it's lost its definition. And of course, you see how far back the clouds go uh, back into the Ohio Valley. There is another, the next, the short wave and the southern stream system are moving eastward. And this is going to be uh, producing more rain here as we uh, go into the overnight hours. There's a bit of a break. The first batch is going out or has pretty much gone out in most places. Uh, but you see there's uh, rain back through western Pennsylvania, down through uh, Ohio, southern Indiana, southern Illinois. That's going to be with the next low as it pivots eastward. And we'll probably see some precip develop near the coast during the overnight as well and move northeastward. So still more work to do. And now we've got colder air. Uh, the one good thing, Joe, out of this is, and this was a bit of a surprise, uh, a small surprise, but... Uh, the northern extent of the precipitation shield got uh, well up into southern Vermont and New Hampshire and even into southwest Maine. Uh, some of the heavier rains got up into that region, so uh, it'll be interesting to see what the final amounts are up there. But I mentioned that because in particular for southern and southeastern New England, um, a little bit of a bonus uh, today with the, with the rainfall amounts. I'm, I'm guessing uh, from uh, what I saw on the radar from earlier, they should have done relatively well with this. 
and uh, we are we uh, are uh, focusing on that because of the fact that they do have a a severe drought condition uh, throughout much of New England. Right, and they could certainly use the moisture, and uh, they're getting it, and they will they will continue to get it. One thing that I did not anticipate, Joe, is um, uh, and I don't know if if what we have out there right now outside my home is uh, qualifying as a low, I guess you could call it that, uh, the steady light drizzle, uh, but there is a low. I mean, it's a low between uh, steadier and heavier rain. Uh, I would have thought we would have had light rain, you know, continuous right on through the night and maybe even a few spurts of heavier as the second system got its act together off the mid-Atlantic coast toward daybreak. It looks like there's gonna be a bit of a lull for the next several hours moving in from the west, and then we'll prepare for the second shot from that uh, second system later tonight and early tomorrow. And again, that's a system that will pull down, assume we'll, we'll pull down enough cold air to make it uh, mix with or even change to wet snow. Although again, the immediate area, the immediate tri-state area, uh, I don't anticipate any accumulation. It'd be fun to see, it'd be a cheap thrill, but right. it doesn't look like it's gonna happen. Uh, South Seaside Park in New Jersey is gusting to 41 right now. Uh, a little bit further south at North Beach Haven in New Jersey, gusting to 36. Uh, we have uh, Bowie 44065, uh, which is uh, south of Jones Beach, uh, by not that far, uh, is uh, 34 gusting to 42. The one a little bit further out south of uh, Fire Island by about 20 miles, 44025, is gusting to uh, 47. Ocean water temperatures there are being reported in the low 60s. The winds in New Jersey have gone north, northeast, or north. And uh, the, the, some gusts into the 20s inland. There's really not a whole lot of wind going on in inland areas. But uh, there's a northerly wind there. Uh, the uh, sea level pressures are down in the zone of about 995. Uh, Atlantic City reporting a 995 pressure with a north, northwest wind. So the low center is now is, is offshore and moving away. So it's taking that first round of rain with it. That's what Zeta, the, what, what remains of Zeta. And also up, also up to the north, just want to start paying a little closer attention to some of the temperatures that are up here in upstate New York and in northern Connecticut. We're just seeing a couple of 30s showing up in a few places, uh, but uh, it's still mostly in the 40s. So the cold air really hasn't, moved in in yet Stamford New York is at 38 uh, uh, Halcott Center is at 38 Albany is at 40 uh, it's mostly low 40s up in western New York a couple of upper 30s starting to pop up there too so uh, we're still waiting for that cold air from the uh, Great Lake the northern Great Lakes and this, uh, in uh, southeastern Canada will start bleeding southward once that second low gets going and the first low gets out far enough that's when we're going to start to see that that cold air advects southward, and of course, this is going to mean uh, for uh, some snow. And on the uh, 21Z map, we can go to the latest map and bring that up. And uh, it uh, will show you that at least at 5 o'clock this afternoon, uh, the Zeta low was near Dover, Delaware. Uh, and again, extra tropical. Whenever you see a tropical system, you do not see uh, fronts with them, okay? Uh, when they become post-tropical, it's because you can define a warm sector and a, and a cold sector. And uh, there's another uh, front being analyzed 
south of Albany. So that's the, if you want to call it the leading edge of the cold air, the cold air, the colder air is actually a bit further north and west than that. It just needs that mechanism, uh, that next wave. And that wave, by the way, is already in southeastern Kentucky, uh, a 990 low there. And that's going to eventually redevelop uh, off the Delaware coast early tomorrow morning. And that mm -hmm. is the, um, the snow producer. So we could take a look. I'm going to bring up the uh, forecast amounts. I again, I really don't disagree too much with the uh, what the weather service did uh, with their 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 uh, snow amounts. I, I think they seem pretty fair. So um, uh, there's not you know there's nothing here for me to criticize. Let's put it that way. And uh, taking a look at what they're going for, it, it really hasn't changed very much uh, in terms of uh, the numbers. A couple of spots have been edged a little higher. A couple of spots have been edged a little lower. You can see where the southern fringe of this uh, gets. Uh, the lightest blue probably implies uh, snow that at worst leaves a coating uh, in some places. And in the darker blues, you start to see some two and three inch amounts uh, up in the Berkshires and on up into Vermont. And, uh, and also up in parts of the Catskills. I think that's where you're going to see this snow uh, pretty much play out. Everybody else, especially on the southern flank of this, I, I think where they have those winter weather advisories, uh, you're looking at mostly a coating to an inch, maybe in some of the higher spots, about two. So um, manageable, and I really don't see a whole lot of upside here. Uh, it's not like if we were dealing with a vigorous upper air system, and and and, and uh, the potential for a really impressive-looking radar, I you know, I could be talked into pushing numbers up, but I'm really not seeing that. I think that uh, we're going to see wet snow at least as far down south as uh, 287, Interstate 287. We often use that as the boundary zone in the uh, Hudson Valley for uh, or the dividing line between uh, not so significant versus possibly significant snowfall during the winter. I think I think anywhere north of 287 tomorrow morning, we'll probably see some wet snow mixing in with the rain and maybe a, a total changeover. But I really think you're going to have to go way north, even further north than the I-84 corridor before you begin to uh, be concerned about any kind of significant uh, snow accumulation. I mean, I know that some of the models have pumped out like two and three inches for uh, um, Newburgh, for example. Uh, and, and that's not too far from where I am, or maybe an inch or two for Poughkeepsie. But really, I, I would think that you're going to have to go up north, up toward, uh, as your map shows from the Weather Service, let's say in the higher elevation, higher terrain areas of Hunter Mountain or uh, up toward uh, Grafton. Uh, even Albany gets less than an inch, it appears. So th this doesn't look like a major event. And Joe, I think uh, overall for the Hudson Valley, at least, I've got the snow or whatever precip falls ending by noon, maybe, maybe if you want to stick your neck way out uh, or push the envelope, maybe not winding down until one or two o'clock in the afternoon, but certainly by mid-afternoon, it's all over. Maybe we'll end the day with a poke or two of sun. I'm not sure about rapid clearing. I, the On the NAM, the FUS uh, 61 uh, for LaGuardia keeps the relative humidity, the low level relative humidity rather high through even into tomorrow night. So maybe just slow clearing tomorrow night, but by Saturday, I think we'll be out in bright, sunny weather, enough sunshine. We may get back up into the mid and upper forties. That'll be the cold day of the weekend. And then ahead of the next vigorous cold front on Sunday, uh, jumping up to the, well into the fifties, 
Don't get used to that. Behind that next front for the start of next week, it's going to turn windy. It's going to turn cold once again. And I just ran through the snow maps while you were talking about that. Yeah, I mean, you look at some of these numbers, uh, even uh, up uh, back over in areas uh, toward uh, Oneonta, Cooperstown, Binghamton, you know, really not showing anything uh, all that uh, all that uh, impressive. And from the uh, weather for prediction folks from WPC, uh, this is uh, through tomorrow morning, the probability of greater than an inch uh, of, uh, of snow, uh, really kind of confined. If you want to use, uh, I would, I would say use the 60%, um, line, uh, which is the, uh, not the brightest blue, but the, uh, next, next, uh, color down, uh, is, uh, maybe the best chances that you could wind up, uh, with an inch or so. If I switched it over to the probability of, uh, of greater than two, which is um, perhaps maybe a little bit more meaningful uh, for tomorrow morning. Uh, there you go. Uh, the um, dark blue 40% would probably be, well, I'd say probably the 50% line might be a good indicator of where you could wind up uh, with uh, a two. And you'll notice that even on the one inch or the two inch, that southern flank really doesn't get very far south. So uh, this will just uh, be the first, uh, you know, Maybe they'll call it a cheap thrill for the uh, the folks uh, inland up in New England, and uh, we'll leave it at that, and then we'll move along to the colder air that's going to be coming uh, for Saturday morning. They've already got freeze warnings up for southern uh, New Jersey and uh, parts uh, Maryland and Delaware. Uh, they have a freeze watch up for Long Island back to uh, northern New Jersey. I think you're going to see that all get filled in uh, with a few more areas. So let's jump to the new NAM from uh, late this afternoon and you'll this is uh this is we uh, should have been six o'clock this evening with the low east of atlantic city see it just kind of moves away first batch of precip is out the second one starts to move in nam seems to have a little bit more than what's on the radar uh overhead whereas the radar showing that there is this sort of pause uh, maybe there's some light you know spotty light rain underneath the uh, radar beam that it's not picking up but you see that second area of rain start to blossom overnight. And also the blues start showing up around midnight uh, in uh, the upper Hudson Valley. And then by tomorrow morning, so we are now at 5, uh, 5 a.m., uh, the blue area is getting a little bit more significant. But, Joe, it never really, like, blossoms. When you're in the – when you start to get into December in a situation like this, when you have enough cold air, you usually see that snow area just really blossom out. Uh, right. And uh, it's not doing that. I mean, there's a, there's some, but it, I mean, it's nothing to write home about. And here, it, this is at 8 a.m., starting to change over across much of Connecticut, uh, taking it over till about uh, noon and one o'clock. Uh, it's just about done in the Hudson Valley. There's still some rain going on over Long Island and a little patchy rain in New Jersey, some snow in southern and southeastern New England. And then, of course, that low now at this point by uh, later tomorrow afternoon is almost off the map. It, it's uh, running out pretty quickly to the east-northeast. And then finally, all the precipitation is gone. And then the cold high takes over after that. So it's a really pretty straightforward uh, scenario here. Uh, we, um, uh, I'm going to widen out so we can take a look at what's going on uh, elsewhere in the United States or what will be going on elsewhere in the United States. So we'll let the surface maps load. 
I'm going to just switch real quick to the watches and warnings on weather.gov so we can look at what's happening here. And it's actually fairly quiet in most places. Uh, I think there's still some residual, I don't know if that's a, still a wind advisory up for parts of North Georgia. When I uh, checked the ops when I got up, got up this morning, Joe, the first observation I looked at was Atlanta, Georgia, where they actually still have uh, a wind advisory going. They were uh, 31 gusting to 51. Uh, so it, those winds stayed pretty strong uh, with this uh, with uh, Zeta well inland. And they were still carrying uh, 50 mile an hour with sustained winds with the uh, low when it was uh, moving through northern Georgia and into western North Carolina. There were some very some rather gusty winds throughout much of the southeast and in through um, also through the Carolinas, particularly along coastal North Carolina and southern Virginia, uh, when the low started translating to the east. A pretty interesting storm uh, uh, from start to finish, really, when you think about it. Kind of uh, surprised that our own National Weather Service office here in New York or even Philadelphia didn't issue any kind of a wind advisory, uh, at least for the uh, coastal locations. They do have, I believe, gale warnings up. Yeah, gales but, are up. But, 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 but nothing in terms of, uh, of inland. Uh, it just wind. doesn't, the, the OBS just don't show anything. It doesn't show anything really that all that extraordinary for the in the inland spots right now. Well, uh, yeah, that's that's true. But I mean, for lower Westchester, south of 287, for you certainly, you said it uh, it was rather. Yeah, I mean, it's 20. Right? You know, I'm getting some gusts into the 30s, but I'm not exactly. You know, it's not howling. But At still, least... I think better safe than sorry. I mean, until uh, the uh, until Zeta, post tropical cyclone Zeta, as they're officially calling it now. It, the National Hurricanes, and until it gets far, far, farther away to the north and east, just just for the sake of uh, being safe, I, I think I would have put a some kind of a wind advisory up. Just you know, because you never know. You can get one of those rogue 45 or 50 mile an hour gusts sometimes. And again, I I, I would have thought that the that the storm once it got its feet wet again out over the Atlantic Ocean, the water temperature is you know not warm anymore, but it's still in the low to mid 60s, and that's warmer than I'm sure the land areas that it's been traversing yeah. over the last 12 or 18 hours. So. Well, my, it, it, it may get a little juice as it gets out, a little bit more baroclinic uh, intensification going on. Now, here's your upper troughs uh, that with the next system. Again, if it was a little bit more vigorous, uh, if that northern stream uh, would have uh, you know phased a bit more with the south, uh, but it never really does that. It remains rather broad here as it goes uh, through the area tomorrow, you'll, you'll see there's actually uh, one short wave. The southern part, part of it uh, kind of gets lost. The northern part of it has is split in two. So it's a little bit disorganized here. That goes out. And of course, we'll have a decent weekend overall. But then here comes this next trough that drops in for Sunday and Sunday night. This is a very vigorous upper trough that's moving through here. Right. Uh, early, uh, uh, at least according to the NAM, uh, it's it's a nice looking trough, uh, and that is uh, I think we're going to probably see some showers here uh, Sunday evening. I think we may see something by as early as Sunday afternoon. Um, it could be. It's uh, not out of the question, uh, but it's moving so fast too that whatever we get out of it will be through and ended maybe by uh, Monday morning. And look at that that gradient. Look at that uh, direction. That gusty upper level northwesterly or north-northwesterly flow, which is really going to push the temperatures down again 
for the uh, beginning of next week. And yeah, like that, more... that's a really that, that 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 is a really strong cold flow coming down out of Canada. So it looks like we're going to get a we're going to get a cold Halloween. It looks like it's going to be a cold election day on Tuesday. Yeah, but for the most part, uh, next week actually uh, looks uh, pretty quiet. Uh, from uh, from from the weather standpoint, I'll just back it up so we can take you through the weekend. And of course, that next cold front is accompanied by a strong low that moves across southern Canada. A lot of isobars there. So this, it might it'll start to get breezy during the day Sunday from the southwest. And then uh, I don't know, Joe. You look at the GFS, it might even pop up a thunderstorm there over over Long Island uh, Thursday evening. I'm sorry, Sunday evening as the front goes by. That, again, that's a strong front. Remember, I, I'm trying to remember back early in October, did we not have something similar where we had this really strong front with a deep trough? Uh, I think and so. uh, yeah. the air was not really, it wasn't, uh, um, we had a couple of severe weather episodes, and one in particular. I'm not saying that this is not going to be a severe weather event, but uh, the, the, the sheer strength of the trough and all that cold air makes you wonder whether we might. Uh, might uh, hear a rumble or two of thunder when that front goes by. And then it's going to be breezy to downright windy at times on Monday. That gradient's pretty tight here. And a little bit of lake effect action will be taking place also. Uh, Monday night to Tuesday, looks like a little disturbance drops southward from upstate New York. With um, And this might be the one way it keeps us from getting too cold and that we may have some clouds and perhaps maybe even a a rain or who knows, maybe even a snow shower in some places, a uh, little low forms in the Gulf of Maine. But after Tuesday, we're going to warm up uh, rather nicely, I think, for the uh, middle and latter part of next week. And what's going to make this a bit different than what we just experienced is the fact that the high is going to be centered in, in uh, Virginia, at least into Thursday. So I think we're going to have more of a west or a west-southwest wind rather than something with a marine influence like we had, and, and, and keeping us in clouds uh, uh, all day long. I think it'll be a much better scenario this time around. And, uh, Joe, the other thing is with the ridge building in the eastern part of the United States, we may have to wait until um, a week from, I don't know, uh, we may have to wait beyond next weekend uh, and into the following week before we even have any chance of another round of, of uh, significant rain. And, yeah, at this point, you can see that the uh, – the GFS does produce another hurricane, uh, although mm -hmm. now we're, you know, into day 11. So who knows if that's going to be there, uh, but it does have something there. And the GFS has been better at these tropical systems this year than um, than the other models have. So I, I want to give it a little bit of, uh, of credit and uh, might be worth paying attention to. Yes, we'll uh, we'll certainly see. And it is 2020, so why wouldn't you pay attention to yeah. it? And, <laughs> I agree uh, with you. I agree with you on the big warm up. I've got on my on my Hudson Valley temperatures. I've got uh, for for election day. I've got 46 for a high. On uh, Wednesday, a significant warm air advection. And so while we'll have sunshine, I think on Wednesday, lots of high and thin clouds. It'll be uh, the first signs of the big warm up. So I jump it from 46 on Tuesday, next Tuesday, to 56 on Wednesday. And a week from now on Thursday of next week, we might have temperatures uh, right through the entire area in the mid-60s. And dare I say, we might even go a few degrees warmer than that for Friday and the first full weekend of November. And yeah, we'll, uh, it's going to be a while before we get into a uh, another pattern of wet weather. It looks like we've right. got dry weather 
through much of next week into the first weekend, first full weekend of November, and maybe even beyond. The Hurricane Center, by the way, is now uh, taking this disturbance that they're indicating to move into the southwest Gulf of Mexico, uh, now raising it to a 70% chance of developing in the next five days, and a tropical depression likely to form uh, sometime um, next week as uh, the system heads towards uh, the, the western part of the Caribbean Sea, where conditions are going to be uh, favorable for a tropical cyclone development. So uh, that, if it does wind up happening, as we uh, that will be the one that ties the record for uh, 2005. So that would be storm number 28. Ada. If, if, if that's the case. Ada. Ada. What's, it, what's after Ada? Theta? I didn't want to look beyond Ada. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping that Zeta would be the last one. No, this is never going like to end. And, this is know, never going to end. <laughs> no, it never is. Uh, I'm going to bring the upper air up for North America so we can take a look at the long range and see what's going on here. And by the way, you can roll. I'll roll it back on this view. I'm not going to rather than change to the Atlantic view, and you can see what what where it comes from. Um, going back to um, let's see. So now we're at Friday. So this is that little that tropical wave moves across the Caribbean, gets into the Southwest Caribbean. Now you can make a case for this to go straight west into Central America. Uh, and the pro some of the prior GFS runs did that. This particular one has decided that it's going to try to turn it more north or northeast, which, by the way, climatologically is the other option here. Either they move straight west or uh, they tend to move northeast. Uh, usually they don't go northwest into the Gulf of Mexico. And so now watch, it'll go into the, nor into the northwest into the Gulf of Mexico. But this is what uh, this particular run did. Uh, and you guys can take a look at it at Tropical Tidbits. I wouldn't, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't put a whole lot of stock in it uh, beyond the fact that I think this is the possible probability that we'll wind up getting another named storm out of this before it's all said and done. But when we by, the way, up, by the way, after Ada comes Theta. I thought so. So now, people are going to be upset that they have Zeta, Ada, and Theta. <laughs> but think about it. You know someone's going to tell you, why did they have to use those names that all sound the same? Because it sounds like one storm. And be, beyond uh, beyond that, after we have Theta, we have uh, Iota. I don't That's give I don't give one Iota what we have after th <laughs> after that. You know, you know what's that? You know, Phi uh, uh, Beta Phi. What is it? Phi Beta. What, what what's what the fraternity? fraternity? Yeah. Phi Beta Kappa. Right. Right? Nice. Kappa's in there somewhere. All right. So um, the, the bottom line with the long range, folks, uh, and you're seeing what's happening now, of course, uh, the, the, next, the sharp upper trough that goes through early next week, once that lifts out, we go into a pretty much westerly flow. If you look at this uh, for the middle part of next week, this is the day after Election Day, which is this is next Wednesday, you can draw a straight line from 160 west, almost virtually a straight line from 160 west to New York City. I mean, we're basically getting, it's not quite a Pacific fire hose uh, because you do have a, a, a trough that's going to cut off and drop down uh, to the north of Hawaii. But it does create a, a, a rather warmish flow uh, into the eastern part of the United States. And in fact, by next weekend, you got a nice big upper high sitting 
uh, in the eastern part of the United States with a deep trough in the west. And that's probably why you're seeing this tropical system responding to that really deep trough in the west and, and, and the far north position of the ridge in the east. So it does seem to have a little bit of an opening there to move northward. That trough lifts up and out and going on to the longer range. Well, I mean, I mean, I hesitate to say this, but and it's only on this run, but you do have uh, a blockier look at the end of the period, whether it winds up being uh, true or not uh, remains to be seen. And, and also remember what just happened with Epsilon. Uh, we had a we had a negative NAO working along with a whole bunch of other things in the atmosphere that looked like we were going to get into a cold pattern and Epsilon formed and it just absolutely destroyed the entire upper air pattern across the North Atlantic and through a good chunk of North America while it was at it. So uh, there's there's uh, still too many tropical variables in the mix that could come along and change all this. But just to give you, this is just a hint and it'll probably be gone in the next run. So um, bottom line is after whatever goes on between now and Monday with the next cold front, uh, after that, looks like we're going to have a quiet seven or eight days. And uh, yeah, so, well, why don't we just take the take those seven and eight days off then if there's not going to be anything to talk about? Only if I have a place to go will I take those seven or eight days off. <laughs> well, we'll see. Yeah, yes, indeed. We'll we, we shall. So uh, how's about a little bit of a Briller Jeopardy? Mr. Briller sure. is out working tonight. So he's doing his COVID runs. Thank God he's recovered. We're so happy for that. And that his mom is okay, too. So that's a good thing. So just be safe out there, Scotty. And uh, let me see if I can get questions. We've, we're running like a day behind because I had, we wound up splitting one of those days in two. So I've just got to give me a moment here to scroll back. Ah, okay. So today's category, Mr. Rayo, is the 1980s. Okay. The 80s. All right. So, um... I'm going to also, since we are now full screen, I will, the answers are on another, he sends the answers on, on my, uh, on my uh, weather platform, my Patreon weather platform. So I got to go in there and it's the secret place. Um, so hang on one the second. The Fortress of Solitude? <laughs> yeah, exactly. For, for my, myself and my members, I guess. Uh, let's, uh, let me get the messages and then I'll get you the questions. All right, this, it's taking a little bit of round and round the circle of death goes and round and round and round. Come on. I'll, I'll ask you the questions. By that time, this should have been loaded. So the first question is, what was the top five What or what were the top five selling arcade games of the 1980s? Oh, well, what am I going to say? Pac-Man? Pac-Man. Mar Super Mario? Super Mario. Um, he's a dork. I don't know. No, then there, there was the one that I used to play, and I can visualize it in my head, but I, 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 uh, I don't. Frogger? No, I don't think that's what it was called. Um, uh, it sucks getting old. <laughs> you know, it really does. What was I can I can actually see it. You had, you know, these what look like tanks. They would come down, and you had to shoot them, fire them off. Um, My son probably could answer this question. He's, oh, here we go. So I'm getting the answers right now. Are you ready? 
Yes. Uh, oh, Space Invaders. That's what it was. Space Invaders. Okay. Uh, Pac-Man. Space right. Invaders was number two. Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong, yes. Uh, was number three. Ms. Pac-Man was number four. Ms. Pac-Man, yep. And uh, Asteroids. Asteroids, really? I don't remember Asteroids. I don't remember that either. Uh, okay, so uh, Super number... Mario was not Mario was not anywhere to be found. I thought that was no. a big. Really? I guess not. Okay. What was the best-selling music, or who was the best-selling music artist of the 1980s? That's the fairly easy. Is it? It should be. He's dead. John Denver. Okay, no. Try again. I know it wasn't Harry Chapin because he died in 1981. Um, I have no no idea, Joe. Who who would it be? Michael Jackson. Oh, Michael Jackson. Yes. Okay. okay. What was the biggest snowstorm of the 1980s? And I assume he means uh, in New York City, and he does. In the 1980s, I would think the biggest snowstorm was. Uh, the megalopolitan storm of 1983, February 11th and 12th, 1983. I think the city got something like 22 inches out of that. Uh, yeah, it's a 17.8 here, so I don't know if it was over two days. Maybe it got 22. I, could, I definitely could tell you that JFK, you see, what they were probably doing at the weather services, they were probably- Car top. The cars. Right, the car top. <laughs> but I know, <laughs> I, know that, I know that JFK had something like 21 inches of snow out of that, so- Okay, and the final question is, uh, all right, so what are, if, if you, let's add the total number of days where we had temperatures during the 1980s below zero and the total number of days that we had temperatures over 100. And, oh, you, come, a, and you come up with how many days? Um, I remember Christmas 1980 was... Minus two. And, that uh, was minus yeah. two. I remember that also. And I remember and it also snowed the in, night before. Uh, yeah. And I remember in 83, it was cold. No, but I don't think we got below zero on Christmas in 83. I'll, I'll say I'll say three. Um, you needed one more. They had two of each. So the answer was four. Okay. Four. So we topped 100 twice and we went below zero twice. Uh, you are you are absolutely correct. I can't even remember the last time Central Park went below zero or went went above a hundred. It's been a while for both, I think. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say no. We had below zero a couple of years ago because I went up up to um I went up to New Hampshire that weekend where it was minus fifteen. So I think it was um. Uh, was it 16 or 17? It was Washington's birthday weekend. It was a Sunday. Okay. Um, and it got down to minus minus one. Okay. I remember getting into a huge argument with someone who I blocked off my my uh, personal and my weather page, um, who who said that we would never get below zero, not only that time, but we would never go below zero in New York City ever again. And I was saying, I was going for a low of, of uh, below zero. And it got there at seven o'clock in the morning in the last possible hour it could have hit minus one. It hit minus one. Some clouds came in at five was it got to zero and some clouds came in. 
uh, and just it stopped uh, at, at uh, 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. It just came to a dead stop. And then it, the clouds moved out and the temperature dropped another degree and I got to the minus one. So I not only won that bet, but I blocked them completely off my uh, my uh, my page after that. Anthony Orr says 2016, the park went below zero. That so was it. So 2016, it, 100. Yeah, 100. Yeah, it's been a while. I can't. I don't even remember the last time. I mean, LaGuardia, LaGuardia went to 100 that one day that I was screaming about the fact that they had the thermometer. Nobody else got above 95 or six, and they went to like 101. It was a yeah. day in June back a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, but that was it. I was livid that day. Because, uh, you know, I, that, that was, they were doing, they were doing all that, they were doing all that construction at LaGuardia, the, uh, between the traffic on the Grand Central Parkway and the jet, the, uh, the jet exhaust blowing uh, right onto the, the thermometer, how could it not go to 101? Frank Riccio says, 1982 was a bitter winter. The Potomac and Washington froze solid. Very rare down there. Didn't I, did they not have, I think, uh, some sort of tragedy, aviation tragedy, that there was a plane that, that crashed into the Potomac uh, during a snowstorm in 1982? Uh, 1982. I, I don't remember. I vaguely remember something along those lines. I, and I do remember that spell of cold and wintry weather, not just down there, but also up here as well. So, All right. Well, thankfully, that's not coming anytime soon, so we could be happy about that. And um, we can say good night, I think, at this point. And uh, just again uh, to uh, let you know that the Joe and Joe Weather Show is uh, brought to you by uh, True Value, Omni True Value Hardware, Long Island's uh, largest rock salt provider and uh, also uh, pro uh, largest provider of mag ice melting pellets <coughs> and flakes. Bless you. Thank uh, you. Petalo Premium Snow and Ice Melter, BioMelt and GeoMelt, along with spreaders, shovels, shovels snow blowers, and whatever you need. 1226 North, uh, uh, 1226 North Wellwood Avenue, West Babylon, New York, 631-756-1125. Or go to the website, omnitruevalue.com. Well, Mr. Briller is on the web, is on the chat board now. And he says, Joe, next Wednesday will be a special day for the Joe and Joe show. Details next week. I don't know. Does he, is, that, right. is, that a, is that an anniversary for us that we started doing this? Uh, I don't know. A couple of years ago? I don't, I don't know. Scott knows because he keeps track of everything. So. Okay. That's why he's the chairman. Yeah, no, I have, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not good with birthdays and, and anniversaries and things. I barely remember mine. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so. Um, Are you going to dance around and do the anniversary? You know, I'll let you know about tomorrow night. I'm actually getting a little bit wiped out this week, so uh, I, I, I could use a break, but. Uh, uh, if we wind up with a little bit of a surprise snow-wise, maybe we'll make an appearance. Otherwise, the next time you will see us will be in a new month, in a new t in a, a new time zone, because we will be in the uh, Eastern Standard Time Zone and no longer in daylight saving time. Yes, that will be wonderful to get, and we, get and yes, everything will, in an hour earlier, and uh, uh, that's it'll be it'll be it'll be wonderful indeed. By the way. Uh, first time in 76 years on Saturday, we are going to have a full moon. Uh, it's going to be a blue moon. Yeah, 1944 was the last time we had a full moon on Halloween. Right, right. Second full moon of the month, so it's a blue moon, but it's also on Halloween. 
And I did a survey, Joe, I posted this on my Facebook page. I looked at all of the full moons from 1900 to 2100, a 200 year stretch. And only eight times out of that 200 years period have we ever had a full moon on Halloween. So it only happens like every uh, 4% of the time. Um, I mean, it, it's almost a once in a lifetime event. Well, not necessarily because now, because of something called the metonic lunar cycle, uh, the same phase. Now he's getting political. Go on. The same phase of the moon recurs, generally speaking, at 19 year intervals on the same day. And that's what's going to happen um, at 19 year intervals for the rest of this century. So, okay, so what you're saying is that um, when I'm 80 is the next time we're going to see um, a, a full moon on Halloween. Right, and when you're 99. And when I'm 99. All we'll, right, have, well, we'll have another shot at it. Somehow eight. I think somewhere between that and full, hopefully I'll make it to that full moon. Um, and, I, well, if I make it to the next one after that, I don't know if we'll still be doing the show then. Well, <laughs> I... The, the yeah, what? Thing is, this is Joe Rayo, Joe Chavez. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing, Joe? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sorry, I didn't put my dentures in this yeah, one. Exactly. But it's interesting is that next to Christmas Eve, and you always see in Christmas specials Santa flying off into the, the moon, sky against yeah. the full moon. So we're gonna have a full moon uh, on Christmas Eve? Santa, no. Well, I mean, we had, but what I'm saying is that the full moon always seems to be associated with Christmas Eve or Christmas morning. And next to that holiday, it's Halloween. We all remember in the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown, that one moment where Linus and um, Sally, Charlie Brown's sister, are freezing in the pumpkin patch waiting for the great pumpkin. And then all of a sudden, silhouetted against the light of a full moon is not the great pumpkin, but Snoopy uh, <laughs> rising out of the pumpkin patch. By the way, we're not be unless you're a subscriber, I think, to uh, Apple TV. Yeah. Apple TV. You're not seeing that show on anymore yeah. on uh, regular television. Isn't that wonderful? You think I, I'm wondering whether or not if Charles Schultz was alive, he would have allowed that to happen. But well, you know what, Joe? So many people actually you know, so a lot of people have Apple TV. And I, 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 I don't know. I guess for those of us that are our age, we find it distressing. Uh, yes. for, the, for the younger folks, they they'll they, who knows if they'll even watch it. I presume that also is going to include a Charlie Brown Christmas, which is another staple of the holidays. Hey, what the heck? As long as we still have Rudolph and Frosty, I don't care. Well, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see how much how long that lasts. Yes. We'll see. <clears throat> All right. Everybody, have a great night. Uh, stay safe and thanks for being here as always on a nightly basis. Uh, we love that you come back uh, every day. And uh, now we're getting into the winter months, so we're going to have some fun when these, uh, you know, when these snowstorms uh, start becoming uh, more of a regular thing. In the meantime, enjoy, and we will probably not see you again until Sunday on the Joe and Joe 11, uh, Joe and Joe Weather Show at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, unless we get a Gomer pile. Right, unless we get a Gober pile moment tomorrow. In which so. case, if we if I wake up tomorrow morning and I see four inches of snow outside my window, which you won't, that's, I'm going to hear I'm going to hear in the back of my mind Jim Neighbors, the late Jim Neighbors, saying surprise, surprise, surprise. surprise. <laughs> uh, good night, everyone.